Good evening, dandies. Welcome to Undetermined, the podcast. The government. Yeah, the man. <laughs> They're the always listening in on us. Right. ISIS, ISIS. I don't know. Black site kind of sounds conspiratorial. <laughs> right? Very much so. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe they're they're looking after you guys. They're checking you out. Oh, we probably yeah. have a file, I'm sure. So <laughs> probably anarchists. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ineffectual anarchists. <laughs> How do we keep them ineffectual? I don't even think the I don't even think we make enough we 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 I am I won't say make enough money. I don't even think think we handle enough money to, for the IRS to even give a shit. Right. right. So, hopefully not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit that part out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've got nothing better to do <laughs> than to listen to our podcast. It was kind of funny. You know, it's like a friend of mine was <laughs> friend of mine was on Facebook earlier and was sharing like, oh, well, there's this band, an older band, ISIS, that was, you know, really good band. Now they've had to change their like Facebook name to ISIS the band. <laughs> I kind of like that better. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. like, man, it's a really good band, but it's really kind of an unfortunate name, you know. I'm sure tryout posters are like a real bitch to make if they need a new member. <laughs> right, right. Right. Well, wasn't there like a goddess named Isis too? Yeah. yeah it oh, all yeah. comes from that. It's like the Egyptian, you know, uh, thing. But yeah, I'm sure those tryout posters would go, how would you like to join Isis? Come check us out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Johnny Patriot showing up with his AR-15 to protect the homeland. <laughs> right. I feel safe now. Oh, much better. <laughs> much better. Yeah. That reminds me, John and I went to a 4th of July celebration a couple of years ago in Columbia, and we, we ended up hanging out at, like, the Muslim Center uh, because they had, like, really good seats. Yeah. The you could just sit on the lawn and watch it, and they were really nice, and they are bringing out fruit and being very oh, hospitable to everyone free, and handing out water. water. But I, I realized that I was like more afraid of like a redneck coming through, you know, <laughs> getting pissed off <laughs> right. Right. with whatever weapon he's acquired and just yeah. shooting up the place yeah. than I was anyone there. Right. Right, right. And we were wondering for a few minutes, yeah. we were like, well, how do we get these such good seats? I mean, there's a big spot on the lawn, put a blanket out, you know, <laughs> the whole downtown is crowded, you know. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we are kind of sitting yeah. in yeah. a mosque right now. You know, like somebody was going to catch the Muslims, you know, if they touch their grass yeah. or something. It, <laughs> Central Missouri, though, man. Yeah. 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 Even Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that before. It's a little bit of a blue island, but it's still Missouri. For sure. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's yeah. all still Missouri. So, yeah. so we're real bad about this. We never do introductions when we start. Um, who are we talking to tonight? This is uh, this is uh, Sean from uh, Blocksite uh, Record Label Cooperative in Kansas City, Missouri. Yay, that's where I am. And this is uh, Andrew Whalen. I'm with the, with the label as well out here in Kansas City. Right on. Yeah, we're gonna have to hang out sometime. Yeah, 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 definitely. Absolutely, Matt's there in KC, yeah. and I'm just a couple hours down the road. So 
I get up there quite a bit. I got a kid that lives up there. Now we come and visit, but yeah, we try to feature as many, like, you know, we try to get the word out there too on local acts and, and local labels and everything else like that. So Sean is also the lead singer of uh, Red Cake. Yeah. Yeah. And Andy's the drummer. Yeah, I'm the drummer. Yeah, I'm the drummer. So you guys must stay busy owning Black Sight as well. How many bands are you pushing out of there? How many do you have signed? I was thinking this the other day. I think right now, this was our 14th release just came out. I think that makes 10 or 11 bands. But, uh, you know, one of those bands, at least, well, one of those bands is Andy's old band that doesn't exist mm-hmm. anymore. And Fault Finder doesn't exist anymore. Right. So it's something like that, 10, 11. Somewhere in there. Active bands. Right. Yeah. Uh, just about all of them regional or, or out of that area? Or you got others who are outside that you're working with, just online and stuff? Or? Kind of got that rich Yargus stuff going on a little yeah. north of here. Right. We got, we got Rich up in Minneapolis and then another band up there called Liquor Beats Winter. Friends of ours up there from uh, Minneapolis. Oh, that's a great name. Yeah, and let's see. Headlight Rivals is the new one we just put out there from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. We got seven coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we got down south, um, Hummingbird. They're out of Tulsa. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, we just uh, put a tape out for them not too long ago. And then, yeah, a good mix of Kansas City bands. So. Right on. Where did it start between you guys? Was this something that uh, one of the other of you just decided to do? Or? Yeah, I I, th- I think it kind of, like a lot of labels, kind of started out of the band, needing a place to put our own stuff out with Red Kate. Mm-hmm. And we'd worked with the label on the first record, and, you know, it didn't really do much for us as far as getting our name out there. And we were kind of like, you know what, we could kind of do this ourselves. I mean, we all had been doing this a long time, playing mm-hmm. music and traveling around and doing this and that. And it just um, kind of, it. This by the time we put out our second LP, it, that's kind of what we we're just like, well, we're going to the LP and then we're going to also start this thing up. So, yeah, but uh, that's kind of how it started. It became sort of apparent by, I mean, it was kind of apparent even in when the first record was finishing up and we were trying to figure out what to do with it, that labels weren't what they used to right. be anymore. Right. Uh, you know, the internet had it's just changed everything, but we still wanted to be part of a catalog. So we went to replay records in Lawrence and they agreed to put it in the catalog, but they didn't really do anything with it. And, and they were in a, upheaval at the moment anyway and it, for a while we were like one of two bands us and radkey were like the only two bands on their mm-hmm. roster that were still together mm-hmm. everything everybody else that they released had broken up mm-hmm. so they were they did, nothing really came out of that we tried a seven inch uh split seven inch with another band called the bad ideas in kansas city and we approached a, uh, a record store in town and said hey how about you guys want to give us a little bit of money to put this record out you'll get some exclude we'll give you a certain number of copies mm-hmm. and you know, 30 days to sell it exclusively. Let's see. If, and, and that worked, but I don't think the record store really understood what we were trying to do. And so it was apparent that that wasn't going to be another, we weren't going to do that again. And so then it was, yeah, Andy kept saying, we should just do a label. And I'm like, I don't know how to do one. And then I realized there's nothing to know. You'd have to know how to put a record <laughs> yeah. out, but um, which we'd already figured out. We'd done two of them in a row and we'd learned the ropes or we're learning the ropes of how to make decent sounding records. And at that point it was like, well, we have Bandcamp. That's distribution, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah. that's good distribution is selling to some middleman who won't even give you cost for your record to then turn around and sell it to some record store who doesn't want it because you've never played right. the town. So, you know, what's the point of distro at this point unless you're on a touring nationally? Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, we build a website, we make ourselves a name and make it look like we're official. And guess what? Right. We're official. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. your, that's your label. Yeah. 
Sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Bandcap has really changed the game. I think with a lot of that stuff, it's been really interesting to see what all we uh, everybody virtually that we talk to anymore um, brings it up at some point in the conversation. Yep. So it's pretty cool. Bandcamp has been a game changer for sure, and it's you know a lot of it is because they put a lot of power back in the hands of the bands. Yeah, but that's also come at a price. You know, it's it's become a lot easier to get stuff kind of half baked out there yeah. too, and it's and their interface is kind of a little bit difficult. It's kind of hard to find new stuff even in your own mm-hmm. backyard. But yeah, it definitely has put a lot of power back in the bands. And although you know their their model with with their online stuff, you know, is still not really sometimes um easy to deal with but yeah um yeah i definitely agree it's it's been it's been one of the, the positives of the last 10 years <laughs> yeah yeah quote-unquote business so yeah i mean compared to what compared to what streaming has done and is still doing to bands Bandcamp is like where the internet actually helps us and and spotify is i don't know i'm not really sure what or any of the streaming services i mean they just seem to be Furthering the 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 the, the disconnect between the haves yeah. and the have-nots mm-hmm. in the music world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, but I like Bandcamp just in the way that you know. It, well, you can certainly fall down a rabbit hole in it. That's for sure. You know, when I checked out bands that you guys have signed and thing, and and the referrals, and like you might like this, you might like that. It's like, oh yeah, I do like that. It's hard to keep up with it all. Yeah, that has gotten much better. That has gotten way better with them. Uh, they when they initially they didn't exist, and so it was just. You were just kind of out there, and it was hard to find other bands. But now that that their mm-hmm. their recommendation tools have gotten pretty good, and uh, you know their cut from the bands is from from what the sales are is is not very much. And then we don't have to manage that part. We don't have to have you know an ordering secure ordering system or anything like that on a web page, which makes it really easy for us. We just have to have yeah. a web page that has information on it and links. And then they handle all of the ordering, and then all they do is send me a thing, and I go, okay, cool. I package this up, ship it off to whoever bought it. And Bandcamp takes their cut, PayPal, they take their cut, which is, you know, they kind of double dip a lot of times in this in this process, but it still comes out pretty good. And and it's a it's a really, really nice simple system. So yeah, with that for a label, you're like, well, what else do you need as a label? You need promotion. Right. You know, that does take money. But you can also promote if you're just halfway savvy at the internet. You can at least do some decent promotion. That, of course, gets harder and harder to do as Facebook constantly changes its algorithms and the social media stuff is constantly changing what they want you to pay Absolutely. for and what they're going give, to give you for free. So that's a constant. You're constantly relearning every six months to a year. Like they've changed some key function that you used to use to, to promote yourself. So that is still the one, I think, the thing where small labels have trouble with is it's just getting the yeah. word out about who they that we exist because – yeah. It takes money and we just, you yeah. know, we don't have it. <laughs> you know, there's just not any profit in this for, yeah. for, for advertising campaigns. So stuff like what you guys are doing is exactly the kind of thing that small labels need because, uh, you right. know, we, it's yeah. print ads are ridiculously expensive. Right. And that's what we, we kind of look at it like, okay, this is kind of, this can be kind of a rising mm-hmm. tide lifts all boats situation like yeah. we can scratch each other's backs we certainly don't have the hugest of audiences yep. you know yet hopefully that'll change but you know if we can get you guys on and some people start listening to that and they've listened to other things that we did yeah. you know we can help each other out and that's kind of yeah. how we started looking like some shares and that's sort of the basis i mean that's our philosophy as a band as a label i mean this isn't really about capitalism it's about you know building community and and connections and trying to build networks for the bands 
you know, we're a cooperative, so there is no ownership. We don't, the label doesn't own any of the material. We have no rights to any of the material. The bands own everything. I mean, essentially what we're doing is we're handling, we're handling getting the record made. Getting a record made is really, really difficult to do and get it done well. And we've encountered almost every, I think, I hope, every kind of problem you can have making a record. And we kind of know how to work with it. And we have a a good system, a setup of Mm -hmm. who cuts our masters and who presses our vinyl and who prints our jackets and how we can do it and how we can do it at an affordable cost. And, you know, that's really, really hard. That's hard stuff. It took us a couple of years to figure out. And we're right. like, why don't we just share this information with other bands? And then in return, we get to play their release shows. And then, you know, we hook up bands up and, and they hook up our friends and we get shows out of town because of this. And, right. you know, that's that's the way it's supposed to work. And that's, yeah. and that's the way it is. And at least you don't have a lot of the worry, too, with like, you know, a, some contract or anything out like that. I mean, I couldn't handle the anxiety of that. Just sleeping at night knowing, like, I have these people to take care of, you know. Well, yeah. And f- frankly, we just honestly just didn't want we don't really feel like we're entitled to that either and you know the knowledge we have putting out our own records um the mistakes we've made like sean said it's just kind of being in our own band and and all that it all it's all reciprocity and that's how it is just being in a band i mean you you know you go out of town and then you get a good show and then you hook that band up and that's that's how it should be and we kind of taken that attitude towards you know the record label quote unquote or the co-op and and then, you know, we've also, a lot of the people in these other bands have their own skill sets that we'll use from time to time. I mean, we, and we learn from their, their stuff, you know, social media mm-hmm. stuff. We've learned a lot from Eric and Trucks Up Love. And it's, we just kind of feel it's like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it how we feel it should be done. Yeah. We see the, we see the problems and we see that there's not any money in it anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, being in a, in a loud band right. or being a record label, mm-hmm. we've never had a problem with that before. So it's just kind of how, it's just how it has organically evolved so so what are some like typical like pitfalls that like an up-and-coming or you know trying to make their way up their band or artist might encounter and maybe things that you've learned on how to deal with them because i know you know we talk to a few artists that are just kind of getting their foot Mm -hmm. into the business well what advice would you give them what are the things you'd tell them to look out for you know one one thing that we learned pretty quickly putting a record out and sean especially because he handles a lot of this you know with the the pressing plants is you know a lot of vinyl that we have heard come out you know recently with this research i I guess you can call it a resurgence but i mean sure is that it's it's hard to get a good sounding record like a good fidel you know yeah sonically sounding you know good record and you can go to a lot of these places and get like they're kind of like um, these pressing plants and get their kind of all in one packages and you know their their mastering's done overseas and it's just kind of like willy nilly you don't have you don't have much input on it and right. you know we'd know we we would notice with bands we'd play with or you know records we'd pick up it's just, you know this this doesn't sound good mm-hmm. Sean's he's a huge audiophile and he's he's done a lot of he does a huge work a bunch of work with our records with Red Kate's records and on the uh, production side and it's just kind of like we didn't want our records to sound bad and we were willing to pay a little bit more and get the right people involved. And I think we've kind of tried to pass that on and help other bands out with that and teach them, you know, some stuff about the process, not just like writing a check to, you know, some pressing company out in California, mm-hmm. and just, you know, and then in four months later, your records show up all bent out of shape and like off center uh, yeah. garbage, you know, recycled vinyl and this and that. And I, I think that's kind of, the crux of what we started out doing and then it's kind of evolved 
to a little bit more than that. Yeah, there's a you know a lot of good package deals. It seems like a decent price, and even the decent price is pretty expensive because you're going to have to do you know really 300 records minimum, and you're looking. Fifteen hundred to two thousand to three thousand dollars. You start getting into it, and you think, "Oh, this is this. We can afford this, right?" I mean, but then you don't realize the corners that they're cutting to to produce that product. And Mm -hmm. you you know, the the physics of vinyl is is everything. And see, digital has no physical constraints, right? I mean, it's just it's it's. You can see why people started making CDs and why people the production you know houses went to CDs, the labels Mm -hmm. went to CDs in the eighties and nineties because. It's simple. You finish the tape, you finish your recording, right. you master it, you digitize it, and you send it off. Three weeks later, right. back comes a stack of CDs that sound exactly like the thing yeah. you sent them. And vinyl is not like that at all. And once we started figuring that stuff out and learning about it, it was became apparent that you had to have somebody who really knows what they're doing cut your vinyl master. And that's, a, that's the one thing that we do that a lot of bands don't take the step to mm-hmm. do because it costs a little bit extra money and it doesn't cost that much, but you know, it costs you a couple hundred extra dollars to have somebody actually who, who all they do is cut vinyl. They're not a contract cutter with one of the production pressing plants that mm-hmm. does eight records a day. He's doing one or two records a day. He's sitting out listening to your entire album, listening to the order of the songs, understanding the, the how much low end you've got, how loud mm-hmm. it is in different sections of the record and making the adjustments as the thing gets cut. So we had a guy in Arizona that we used for a while before he retired, yeah. a guy named uh, Rich, uh, si- uh, Roger Seibel uh, with SAE, and he did lots of big-name stuff. Mm-hmm. And he did beautiful sounding. Our, our two LPs were done by him. Uh, when he retired, we moved to a guy he recommended named Chris Muth out of uh, New York, out of Yonkers. Uh, and he's got a co- corporation called Tolua, mm-hmm. and he actually is a guy – mostly what he does is service all the cutting equipment. Oh, okay. But he does mastering on the side. Yeah. And so he knows this. He'll talk your ear off. I've, I've had hours of conversations with him. I learned a lot from him. And I think that's the that's one of the big things I think any band needs to understand is that you you there's so many places along the steps that can get screwed up and mess up your whole process. Uh-huh. But every one of them is also the weak link in the chain. So you got your cutting of your master. You got to have that done right. Uh-huh. And you got to get the plating done right. Uh-huh. And that's where we've had problems with plating. And then you got then you got to get the pressing done right. So there's all three of those steps, and any one of them messes up, you have to go all the way back to the beginning sometimes and start yeah, over. Yeah, and then whenever they ship them, and, you know, stuff gets messed mm-hmm. up in the shipping after it's all done. So yeah, yeah. right. I mean, it was yeah, you did the damaged records and shipping. We've dealt with that too. So I hold my breath every time I order vinyl. Yeah, every single too. time. Yeah, yours came packaged pretty nicely. I ordered uh, that. Uh, yeah, I can't hear it. The uh, truck stop love. Uh, yeah, um, I was, yeah, this came out really good record. You know, I can also tell, like, and I always tell people, like, as a consumer, one thing I watch for mm-hmm. is when somebody's advertising a record, and um, I like to pick up records when I can. Is like the, they'll say, you know, this is a really nice heavy pressing, and this is, you know, and they'll describe the record itself. I'm like, okay, they paid attention to that, so I'll get a little more faith in sending them out my money. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, and that truck stop love record is, oh, uh, I don't know, I, it, <laughs> you know, there's a couple things with that record that that it it didn't come out quite as well as I think we wanted it yeah. to. Um, just reason we stopped using that. We actually didn't don't use that pressing plant anymore because we. But part of it was that you know you have to also balance everything with what's the quality of the recordings. Mm-hmm. And those guys were dealing with um, old, old demos demo yep. and, and 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 stuff. So there's a lot of tape hiss right. in there. Um, the sound like fidelity of the recordings isn't that great. And then we were fighting issues with uh, the the plating right. on that stuff. And 
Plus, they were they insisted on putting like twenty two minutes on nice. your side. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, guy, she can't do this yeah. to me, you know. It's like we have all these songs we want to put out. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. <laughs> and, and and you know, and Chris got a great master for it. I mean, it's, it sounds as good as it's going right. to sound. Um, yeah, you know, you got to keep all those things in even mind. Even that record, yeah. that it's you know demos, and- even that record is. Just, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that and so it's 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 an it's nothing comes out perfect, but it's it's we're still learning and moving, and we're gonna we expect our next project. We're looking for another pressing plant. Honestly, we yeah. had some issues again, and we're with another place. And we're like, ah, oh, God, this is so frustrating. Yeah. Well, it's not like I'm running a three thousand dollar Macintosh, you know, setup or anything like that either. So. <laughs> Good, great. <laughs> it makes a difference, you know. I've got I've got like the Crossley <laughs> record player. So. Yeah. I think that record is pre- presented that way too. I mean, it's not like a new recordings and stuff like that. I mean, that's just, it is kind of what it is. And, right. You know, and the mastering work, the, you know, the digital mastering, even, I, I think they, they cleaned up a lot of stuff on there and made it sound as good as, uh, you know, 30 year old, you know, recordings yeah, are going to, exactly off tape are going to, are going to sound. Yeah. So, yeah, Cliff did a great job on yeah. that. Mm-hmm. For sure. In a way, it kind of gives it maybe a little bit of a vintage feel. I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. the songs are vintage. <laughs> you know, really. Well, and I think what Sean's saying, yeah. too, is is when we went to go to put that thing to vinyl, the innate issues that vinyl can have, like, amplified some of that stuff. And it was just like, ah, you know, like, you hear it digitally. And yeah. Yeah. since we were, we had plating, some plating issues, and it's just like, okay, we can't have plating issues on an, a loud recording. It's just not going to work. It's just going to blow out. And, right. you know, it's it's stuff like that where you got to work through your you know, chain of command with the plant and just try to manipulate them to make changes to it that you can. Because I mean, again, we're pretty small potatoes and, you know, we've noticed even in the last uh, kind of a change in the, you know, I, I don't want to say like the attitude, but like the change in kind of where we're at on the food chain with the, with the plants, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're pressing 300, 500 records, I mean, you know, I don't know how many times like Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath has been pressed, but, you know, oh, it, right, I know yeah. they're pressing it again now, man. So now you're now they're pressing 50,000 copies of that at right. the plant you're pressing at. Right. Not going to make you a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just stuff like that that drives drives us crazy. Yeah, because, you know, a, a few years ago, you could go out to Salina and go to QRP, which is the best pressing plant in the country, I think, and at least the best plating guy. And we did our second LP out there, Un-American Activities. We did 500 units, mm-hmm. and it sounds amazing. The noise floor is, I mean, I, I can drop the needle on that record with my amplifier cranked and you can't hear it. You wow. cannot hear the yeah. vinyl. And it kicks in and just like, wow. And, and, and unfortunately, that's become my standard for all the other records that we try to do. But um, we can't go to QRP anymore because their minimum is now a thousand units. Mm. So we can't. And I would love to press with them because I can drive out there and pick the records up and save $300 in shipping. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, wow. uh, you know, yeah, we're paying a dollar a record at the units that we're doing 300 quantity. We're paying almost $300 to have those records shipped to us from. Right. Oh, yeah. They're heavy as, heavy as shit, too. And when you're talking about, you know, a thousand, I mean, the, the, the entire music industry for small bands has changed so much that a thousand records, you're moving major vinyl, you know, at that point. I mean, it's, it used to be, I don't know, 5,000 was a small order. I mean, it's just because of the streaming and, the access that listeners demand, I guess you could say, like, it's mm-hmm. like if you're not Black Sabbath, or you're not, you know, I don't even, you know, whoever, like, major, then you can't sell, like, <laughs> 10,000 records. Right. And, right. you know, yeah. 
and that's kind of where we're at. It's like it's you, you go small, right? you you know, you still make a good amount enough to do the next one, and you keep chugging along. But yeah, I mean, it's it, at the same time you're now you're down the food chain even further with it with the the pressing or the uh, right. project manager at the yeah. at the. At the uh, at the plant so so you guys probably have a room in your house that's just packed full oh, of shit yeah, for <laughs> pretty much got it's sean's house yeah yeah i and i try to get like i try to get the bands like all right get this thing paid off and get these boxes out of my house <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> come get your records <laughs> that's the motivation and, uh, free up space you know it, and i honestly we've talked Andy and i've talked about this and we need to do this. I need to split up some of the stock that we've got. So in case anything ever happens in my house, like we don't lose all those records, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. we need to split up the, cause we've got red K records. I've got all the red K records and we've still got, you know, we did 500 of each of our LPs and uh, yeah. we did 500 of our, of our sevens. We sold out one of the sevens, but the other one, you know, we've still got 150 to 200 of each of those releases oh, yeah. sitting in the closet. And it's like, man, we I really should have these not all in one place. <laughs> sure, an insurance company doesn't want to touch that either, you know. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not for anything affordable anyway. It's like a, it's, I was reading about, too. It's like just talking about that. It's interesting thinking about, like, I didn't even realize, I guess, how big of a deal it was back at the time. Like the Universal Fire, uh, like the Sony Fire. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah and I was just like how many yeah. masters were lost in that and I'm looking I was like looking at some of the lawsuits on that the other day and it's like a, a 6.2 million 1.3 million I'm like those are really not that big of claims you know that they're they're fighting yeah. tooth and nail against but it's like man when you think about that and it's like uh oh we're down you know one generation in quality yeah. you know on a pressing mm -hmm. 10 generations of quality down on a pressing and that's will forever be lost there we were talking about that in band practice uh a couple of weeks ago about, I guess that Brian Adams had a record that I think it was like his big record too. And mm. he couldn't get a mat. He couldn't find a master. He kept calling up, you know, whoever Sony or whoever. And they were just like, Oh, we can't find mm. it. And then I guess somebody yeah. finally put two and two together and they're like, Oh, that oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, it's it like, fire. you guys lost they, that record. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, they ran him around for like nine months. I read this oh, article man. about this and they wouldn't, they wouldn't give him a straight answer. He wanted to release a anniversary edition of the, oh. of, the of that oh. album. And it wouldn't, they wouldn't, and he got really suspicious. Like, what, why can't you guys give me an answer? Like, what's up with my masters? Right. Yeah. And eventually some, some warehouse dude, some like warehouse flunky, like, Hey, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but <laughs> that fire, that fire wasn't just a uh, uh, Hollywood movie set stuff. It was oh shit, yeah. master and yours was probably in there. And that's why they're not telling you oh, And no. the good for him. Anyway, he eventually found the copy of his masters in some other warehouse somewhere oh. else in the world. But, um, but they, uh, this article I'd read, it was, had released all these, um, they got all these emails, internal documents that were showing how they, how long that they'd known about this and that there was this process of stratifying which stuff they were trying to, to figure out. Cause they don't even know what they own. They don't even know what they have. Yeah. It was, it was massive. That's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've bought up so many labels over the years. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is kind of funny that you brought this up because this goes back to the Truck Stop Love stuff. And I don't know if they – we should – well, we can talk about this. Fuck it. Yeah, um, I don't recall. <laughs> did, did they talk about this on their interview? But um, they were on Scotty Brothers. And I know they talked about that being the label yeah, that Weird Al was yeah, running yeah. Fabio mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, they talked about Scotty. Yeah. Yep. Right. Well, that label has been bought – I don't know, once or twice since then. And they did try to find out like, cause we originally like, well, let's re-release your, those records. We're like, well, that we can't 
find who has the rights to them. And we're like, mm. oh, well, then we can't, we can't probably touch that. And they're like, but well, we have all these demos that we did for that session. Okay. And for those sessions, and we're like, hmm, yeah, close well, enough. close enough. And mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe they were paid for by the label. Mm. I'm not saying, but we know <laughs> that for sure. But hopefully, you know, hopefully those point, records were lost in the fire too. And who knows? Yeah, <laughs> right. they don't know. Tony doesn't even know what they mm -hmm. have. And they weren't going to find their stuff. I'm like, screw it. We're going to make – if they're going to come after us for whatever, 300 records, fuck them, you know? Right. Because they're not going to mess around they, with that. It's not, not worth care. it to and, them, and they're not going to be able to prove anything. Yeah. No, no. And think about how many bands from that era now are only on CD. Mm -hmm. Their masters are – the ownership of their rights are completely lost to the to filing cabinets who knows right. where. And that's all that, all a lot of that, you know, those mid level and not quite so popular 90s bands and all that. And, you know, I figured this out a while back. I was trying to find some stuff online, like of, of old bands I liked from the 90s, and I couldn't mm -hmm. find them because unless the, an old member of the band had bothered to put the stuff up on Bandcamp, it wasn't yeah. there. They just might as well never have existed. And that kind of goes back to what mm -hmm. we were. They only exist on CD now. You can find in some used CD, in a, you know, a used store somewhere and find a used copy of the CD. And that was sort of the, one of the things about why we decided – people say, why do you do vinyl? What, what's, why do you guys want to do vinyl? Just because it's cool? I'm like, no. Actually, it's a pain in the ass. Right. Well, you're doing vinyl because vinyl doesn't get thrown away. Right. Particularly if it's small, independent label stuff that people – attach themselves to oh i mean all of it you know you're gonna find you're gonna find a record you know records get traded around mm -hmm. people you know they they sell their their collection off when they you know want to get rid of all their junk or when they die or you know or they need money and these records keep cycling around and you end up with this you have this physical manifestation of this cultural product you mm -hmm. and if you're just making music and turning it into ones and zeros and putting it on the internet it's going to disappear the minute you stop being a band yeah. The minute you stop being a band, unless you were a giant band that made a big name for itself, the minute you're not out there pushing your name, you're going to get buried yeah. by all the other ones and zeros no, that are being dumped on the internet point. every day. Yeah. And so we're like, well, we're going to get buried like that too online, but we're going to have records. Yeah. And those records are going to get picked up by some kid 20 years from now is going to find one of these records and go, wow, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get to hear yep. it. Yeah, that is, that is kind of particularly weird. You go and I mean, anybody knows this going in any like a, you know, antique store in Missouri. I mean, you'll find records that in there like in 1981 cut of somebody's Jazzercise Exercise album. But they're still selling. It's like, why did, you know, why did somebody still have this? Why is this still for yeah. sale? Why is it even a thing? It's actually kind of like a like a like a fantasy of mine to find a Red Kate record in the used bin. Like, oh, there you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, somebody resold it. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but they never go away. It's a good point. Nobody ever throws them out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was like years ago. I read that there was something like already a million record, million songs a month going on to Spotify. This was like three mm -hmm. years ago. I can't imagine how many are going on a month yeah. now. A lot. Yeah. It, it's just, it's not even a fire hose. It's a freaking oh, yeah. waterfall. Yeah. An open, open dam. Yep. Yeah. There's only, there's only one, you know, if you want to make any impact or have any record or anybody know you existed you got to leave some kind of physical right. product around as unenvironmental as that might be but and that's kind of the attitude of like the people we work with i mean with these other bands i mean when we're looking at bands it's people we know and people that have been 
time tested and have been around mm-hmm. and you know they've gone through their three drummers already and <laughs> so, you know we do that and then we also we actually kind of run like a little bit of a um subsidiary with a kind of a tape side that we do um for bands up and coming mm-hmm. that we kind of we do a little bit more direct like hey we'll hook you up with some tapes like go this is how you do it you sell these tapes make some money and then put something else out you know you guys can't afford to do this now like we'll help you out with that mm-hmm. but it's all kind of everybody's kind of like-minded in that leaving a good physical copy of something behind is like important for everybody and just part of it so yeah yeah talk about the scholarship thing andy well we run we have a uh, a friend of mine that i played in this band uh pizza source rex uh-huh. years ago we toured around and stuff like that and we were younger like early 20s and a one of the, our guitar player Barker um, G, he went on and played in some bands out east and out west, and he, um, had, you know, some years ago committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And really good friend of ours. It's kind of one of those relationships that you only get like driving, you know, six hours a day in the van, you know, right. cracking each other up and stuff like that. And it was just kind of like a way. And he was, he kind of was the, one of the first guys who kind of taught me about putting your own stuff out and what it took, and like you know how important that that aspect is and right we've so we've kind of in his name i me and uh some of the former bandmates with pizza source rex that we've been putting out tapes for um for bands that we kind of you know we'll do a show and we'll kind of stumble upon people like you know hey these these are young guys and girls like that are just getting started and they need some guidance and they frankly they need money i mean it's uh-huh. sure everybody nowadays i mean with artists and musicians i mean nobody's got any money and we can scratch together enough to get them going on stuff and so we put out a couple uh tapes we usually do uh, tapes right now with kind of that that aspect of it but it's funny though because you know with barker he kind of made a lot of really big friends as as far as like punk rock and stuff like that goes and Mm -hmm. we've actually been able to get some help with dead broke records out in, in Brooklyn. And there's been a lot of people that have kind of come forward and helped us out monetarily. And it's been pretty cool. And it's, it's kind of rolled into the whole black site thing. And it's kind of how it just kind of, it's kind of hand in hand with our attitude towards putting records out with, you know, these other, the other bands on the label. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to do that. Yeah. So, and yeah, share I really some like that. And kind of, mm-hmm. And to and kind of carry, try to pass the torch because honestly, that's really what this is all about. It's just kind of passing the torch to the next generation and trying to help them put out a good sounding record. And you know, we we do help out monetarily with some of the regular bands too, just to get started, just to make sure stuff gets done. You know, because there can be a lot of hiccups. Is that kind of the sale of anything you've got there, or is it just like specific? You say it's specific albums that you have, or uh, yeah. So um, we've got a couple bands that we've done. Um, mm-hmm. With the with the Barker G scholarship, and um, we we did the first one was with a Chess Club out of Lawrence. Okay, um, really good kind of. I don't want to call them emo. They're just like a really good pop, you know, <laughs> emo e band. I guess math. you call it that. Mathy, yeah. yeah, very uh-huh. mathy, angular, and um, these guys are great musicians and way better than I was when I was that age. And they mm-hmm. just need a little guidance, you know, or a little bump. And we 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 tried helping them with the tape, and we're still talking to them and. You know, we're here whenever they need us kind of thing. So did uh, Humminbird out of Tulsa. That was another mm-hmm. scholarship um, recording. Okay, nice. And then we're looking at some, um, they're they're just like a good 
basement kind of punk rock kind of thing going on and um real catchy real catchy reminds me a lot of barker's stuff too and yeah we're looking at other bands constantly so it's just kind of a, just a part of what we're doing with a label and the tapes are super easy to do and you know turnarounds a month and you know you don't have to work you know we're not we're like oh we really need you to have a good studio quality mm-hmm. recording here because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to invest the time and, 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 and money and effort into a, a really lousy recording for put on vinyl. But yeah, if you got a tape and we're going to like, okay, so take a little few hours to put together, you'll get them back in four weeks from Springfield and you got yourself a tape you can take on tour and sell mm-hmm. for six or seven bucks, you know, and it helps us because then we get to meet some younger bands and, you know. In this business, it's all about people in their twenties. You know, people in their right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we want we want butts in the seats. We gotta we gotta know younger bands, and this is one way for us to stay connected to the yeah. new stuff that's going on and have new kids, new people to play to. You know, uh, you guys were still playing quite a bit though. Too, you didn't did you just play a show. Uh, when was your last show? I think it was for Red Tape. Yeah, we did a three four uh, three four. This last uh, weekend, uh, we went down to um, to Wichita and uh, nice. played a played a good one there. And then we went out to Hayes on kind of a on a hunch and uh, Hayes, Kansas, and mm-hmm. had a uh, incredible incredible show out there. Really, really good time. And then we played the Headlight Rivals release on Sunday. Yes, at uh, Annie Mays in Manhattan. That was another good one. Yeah, it's we try to try to get out, and we're trying to get overseas this spring and make some connections over there and play some shows and oh, nice. pass that on to those connections on to some of our, our bands and get everybody heard. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of tough for us. A lot of shows are on weekends and it's like, we record on weekends. So, but more and more artists we're talking to are like, you know, Hey, come out to the show, you know? And yeah, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Behind like guest list shows. <laughs> and we're just like, we can't cause we've got an episode. Like, yeah. I don't know. We, we worked out and got to a couple of them. That's pretty nice. Not having to pay for tickets as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a bonus. <laughs> but I, I, I do think, um, just doing this has got us both out of our seats a little bit more often. And that's yeah. been kind of refreshing. Yeah. I'm getting to more shows than I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I don't complain about it. I mean, it's, it's, but it does seem, I mean, I've been doing this since the nineties and Sean's been doing a little longer than that. And mm-hmm. we've both seen kind of the ebb and flow and it's definitely is changed, not credibly for the positive mm-hmm. and getting people out and, you know, making everybody happy either at the, you know, the promoter or the bar, you know, whoever's putting the show onto the house. I mean, it's just kind of doing that and making everybody happy is, it just seems like it is getting tougher and tougher. Yeah. But I think with, with our band, it's kind of like one of these lifer deals where it's like, well, you know, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's just kind of how our attitude is towards it. Yeah. And every now and then you have, every now and then you get a Hayes, Kansas in there and you're like, wow, yeah, this is why I right, do this. Right. You know, it's like, this was nuts, yeah. you know, what's going on? Yeah. That, you know, that, that it's, it's great that there's so many bands and there's so much more exposure and blah, blah, blah. And the internet's everything. Everybody can hear everything anywhere, but it's also dilutes everything too. You know, the gatekeepers are gone and, and the gatekeepers are, you know, the gatekeepers weren't always the best, but they also served a purpose right. uh, to some degree. And they were often wrong. Sure. And, you know, we all know the story and that's why punk rock existed because the gatekeepers didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And that's why hip hop became what it was because the gatekeepers didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Right. But at this point, the gatekeepers are the algorithm and the algorithm is just killing right. everything. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, as a band now, and it's not a competition, but you're you're competing for people's attention, yeah. right? And and you can only consume so much new music in a period of over a period of time. Uh-huh. 
you know, I mean, you know, if you buy a stack of records at one time, and like, how many times do you buy all these records, and then you're like, three months later, you go, shit, I, I haven't even listened to yeah. this one yet. I forgot I bought it. I, yeah. I figured out when I was a teenager, I don't buy more than two of anything at a time. Exactly. Uh, because something's going right, to get left right. out, and I might miss something really good. And now there's stuff coming at you all the time, constantly. And it's not just music. It's video games and movies and videos podcasts. and, and you know, social media <laughs> friends, goofy videos and podcasts and everything. And the news. And you're competing against every band that exists in the entire world. Uh. And it's ever existed ever because they're all on the internet. And so kids are listening to old music and new music and music from across the country, the world and the country all at the yeah. same time. Whereas I remember I, I went through phases in which I was like, oh, this is my country phase and I'll listen to old mm -hmm. country, but it doesn't really compete with, you know, I wasn't doing all this at the same time. It came in chunks. As my friends started to listen to something else, we started listening to something else. We explore this. And now it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a tough, it, it, that's why it's so much harder, even though there's more people probably in total interested in underground music, there's fewer of them at any given time paying attention right. to you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, we kind of yeah. figured out at one point that it's like, okay, our audience is probably just people on their commute in a lot of ways, because if you're at home, mm -hmm. I mean, shit, your TV, I mean, what that thing has access to, you know, I don't know, everything that, ever was mm -hmm. is there right. you know at a click and at the most it's going to cost you three bucks if you really want to see it you know we can't compete with that that's for sure nobody's like sitting there with their tv off just listening to us but you know by an old rko you know stereo but right and maybe somebody right and that that is one of the you know the frustrating things too i mean with your with your art and that's with us too with the band and now with the label too it's like look i mean you know this emmeline twist record is front to back incredible mm -hmm. You know, but you can't like <laughs> go to people's houses and just put it on the platter, <laughs> right. you know, and yeah. so <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Right. Yeah, I don't have to door go to door. In. Yeah. Home invasion. Yeah. <laughs> just go around door to door yeah. selling records. Like the old, you know, vacuum salesman kind of situation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I don't have to go any further than myself, you know, to figure out Hey, you know what? It's hard to get me to click on something sometimes, yeah. even though, and then a lot of the time, once I do, oh shit, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I checked this out. I don't know how many good things I've missed because I'm like, yeah, let's see what's on Netflix. Yeah. You know, and, and right. I, right. I'm trying to do that less in my life because I'm starting to recognize, wow, I've really missed a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like even physical copy, like you're talking about. I had a long time ago. Okay. This is the biggest mistake you can make. If you have CDs, never buy one of those like hundred CD giant sleeves of discs. It's like, oh, I can keep them all <laughs> one place, right? Yeah. You keep them in your car and then they get jacked and it's like, Oh my God. And you realize like $20 yeah. It's like, there goes $2,000 worth of, of music yeah, that's for one thing. But another <laughs> thing I started noticing, it's like, I, I feel better. It's like, okay, you know, I, I can have like a subscription to the service, that service, I can stream anything, but without the physical copy and without like that sleeve in there anymore, I, there's so many bands that I just have forgotten about that. It's like, I'll hear a song. It's like, Oh yeah, shit. I used to love that album. And I don't have it to look at to reference exactly. and be like, you know, flipping through the bins or flipping through my discs. And be like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard that in forever, you know, because I have hundreds of albums, you know, always have, you know, I can't possibly keep that all in mind. Oh, that's that's why I've avoided, for the most part, the uh, digital music, because uh -huh. I know myself, it's like I can't, I can hardly keep track of my physical records 
and you start getting online and it starts just, you know, I have a disc of stuff and it's, uh, you know, yeah. a hard drive full of music and I, it, it doesn't register. I, I remember it was so weird to me. I remember when like, you know, you, you, you mm-hmm. go to somebody's house. First thing yeah. I do is I would look through their record collection. You know, I look at their book, their mm-hmm. bookshelf, look through the record collection. And now you go to some right. kid's house and they don't have it. And it's not, I can't, I'm like, I don't, well, oh. how do I judge if you're cool enough? I mean, so, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't tell what you listen to. And I remember when the iPods first came out, I just thought they were so cool. And people would sit there and share their iPods with each other and they would flip through uh-huh. their playlists. And I thought it was just kind of an amusing thing. It's like, well, I don't need one of these things. Oh, yeah. And now people don't even do that. You know, when was the last time anybody hands you their phone mm. and say, hey, what'd you get on your yep. phone? Nobody does that. Yeah. And so now music, music listening has right. become incredibly private and um, not, it's, 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 uh, it's like everything. It's, it's me, 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 my, my, right. I, 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 it's not we. And, you know, granted, it's your record collection, but if I sit down on the, you know, on the table or in the, on the floor at yep. somebody's house, I'm going to flip through your records. Yep. You know, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to pick up your phone. <laughs> That's one you thing know? I try to get in the habit of on social media anyway. It's just like if it's a Friday night and I'm drinking beers or whatever, if I'm listening to something on YouTube or whatever, I just play it. You know, I'll post it. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the alternative. That is the alternative way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing you can do. Um, that's one thing I try to do. And it probably bugs people, you know, especially if it's like, <laughs> oh, God, he posted that one again. <laughs> you know, scroll through, scroll through. Yeah, John's getting drunk listening to music again. But, but you know, it's like it's fun. It is. That's the way to listen, man. <laughs> I want you here too. You, have, you know, don't have you captive, but uh, there, you know, the one on the flip side, like going to a Spotify, man, it's easy to pull up something if you want to find it. You know, and I want to hear yeah. this. Okay, I just oh yeah, tell it what I want to hear. It'll find it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the the, the, the advantages are real. I mean, there's no doubt about it, and and. Absolutely. What I always tell, what I tell people, I mean, because I use it, we'll use it, Andy and I use it all the time for mm-hmm. finding bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we we do it for a checking out. Do we want to go see this band? Right. Well, I can now look it up, and I don't have to. If I think they suck, I don't have to go down to the show and go, oh, why did I just put five bucks on this? <laughs> right. And then, you know, or if they're good, I'm like, oh, I, I better not sleep on this. I right. can go, I better get down there and watch them. Or if we're trying to find bands in another town to do a show with or something, it's and this is what we're doing in, for Europe is we're just going through band camp and, hey, I like your band. You're in a town we want to play. Let me send you a message. See if we can work something cool. out. But I do tell people, I try to remind people, like, look, bands don't make any money off streams. Yeah. I mean, no money. So if you do like the band, buy go something. to a show, yeah. buy a T-shirt, buy a record. You got to because it, it, there's no substitution. You can stream a record 300 times before you're going to get generate the same revenue for the band that buying one copy of their record. Yep. Well, did. Yep. That, that's how bad the pay is for it. And it, 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 I think that's becoming more and more known, but I still run into people all the time who have no idea that bands are only making like a quarter of a cent per stream. Yeah. And they don't know that. People just don't know that. And like, yeah, you're not going to play their song a hundred times, are you? Maybe, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Not. Advice, advice to kids too. Just a little piece of advice. If you want to meet your favorite artist and you go to their show, walk up to them, having a couple t-shirts slung over your back <laughs> and carrying a CD or two. Always helps. <laughs> it still works. Oh, it still works. Purchased merch. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> and, you know, we, we've kind of approached it, like Sean was saying, I mean, we, we do utilize screen, streaming services in mm-hmm. particular. I mean, we we use them kind of as a tool to further kind of what we're about as a label too. I mean, we do a, a monthly Spotify mm-hmm. list 
and it's what we do with it is like I'll go out and search for bands like just on social media and just kind of see who's playing where like throughout the Midwest, you know, from Minneapolis down to Texas mm-hmm. and, you know, out east of Denver, you know, and just try to find bands that we like and just kind of do them a solid, I guess, and throw them out there with other bands that are regional and basically try to create something that, you know, some kind of, hey, I saw you guys on, you know, this list and I, I checked you out too. You guys are cool. Let's do a show kind of thing. And, um, and that, I mean, that's actually, I, we went into that pretty thinking it was kind of silly and it's really helped a lot and try to, you know, build a little bit of, we've met a lot of bands that we put on this, this list and they share it and their friends here, are some of our bands. And, you know, because in the, especially out here, you know, in the Midwest, it's really kind of, you know, we were all on yeah. a little bit of an Island and we are as a region. And then like internally, we're on little islands, like connected mm-hmm. by these highways. And, you know, we're not East coast where you can just run up and right. down, do a, a quick, run up the coast and mm-hmm. do like five shows in four days and for california i mean the i-35 corridor is like that's kind of what we have naturally progressed you know into with the label mm-hmm. with having our bands but i mean that's that's kind of where we're at and if these bands don't haven't heard any other out-of-town bands you know then it's not going to help them spread out and get get them heard and get them shows to other places and we try to use it for yeah for good instead of evil i guess you could say yeah. and like but it 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 has a long it's it's got a it's got a huge learning curve and mm-hmm. and like Sean said I mean it's constantly changing and how you share how you share these playlists you got to be got to do certain things with them and you can't yeah. it's just it's time consuming and it's time wasted on stupid stuff and you know that we don't really want to be doing we'd rather just be putting records out yeah did you did you get that tagged right did you post the link the right way did the mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah. And it's not to, I mean, like you said, again, it's not to shit all yeah. over it, but it's just, it's certainly, I mean, when you've got an algorithm that's changing as much as that's changing, you trying to adapt to it as a human. Right. Is, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to right. with. Yeah. And I think our primary frustration is like, it doesn't produce, like, if you go on there and you listen to a couple replacements records or whatever, it doesn't give you right. stuff that's new that mm-hmm. is connected to the replacement sound or, you know, Midwest or guitar you know, or this pop stuff, yeah. you know, like, God. like their pop sensibility or whatever. It just, it throws you right back into the mainstream bullshit. And, you know, it's like, well, this is not right. how we would, <laughs> I guess if we were running a streaming site, we would want it. Run, yeah, so. Not nearly as good as like your record store guys. Like, Oh, if you like them, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know. The per- exactly. The, you know, the human touch is just gone. And, hmm. and if we can use it to kind of make some human connections and that's, I mean, I think we're undermining the system, and that's kind of another thing we're about. So, you know, yeah, and which, which you know, all those bands on that those those playlists, and those are all on the website. You can go to see. There's like a two, what two dozen of them almost now, and 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 I think we're gonna be doing our 25th one pretty soon. Relatively unknown bands. I mean, there's a few. Well, you know, we'll we're not done. We put a few of the bigger names. There's Split Lip Rayfield shows up on a few mm-hmm. of them, and oh, nice. you know, yeah. we want we want we want to get people's attentions, right? But we're trying to stick with like bands at our level and and younger who are just trying to make a way trying to get 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 known in the area and hopefully they connect up and people find out about them i don't know how many people listen to this thing these these playlists hopefully it's um you know a few and the other band mostly it's like so the bands can find other yeah. bands in a lot of ways that's part of it and it all kind of goes back to the whole you know we're trying to build a community type thing and I really like the willingness and desire even to educate 
because I, I, a lot of people like, no, as long as that's my secret, I, you know, I can cash in on it right? and going the other way and saying, no, fuck that. We're all going to get there together. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it, yeah, we all know those bands too. I mean, we've all, we've, we've dealt with them our whole, I've been doing this since the eighties and I, you know, those bands, you can smell them almost instantly. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they think they're going to cash in and you're like, what are you cashing in, right. man? There's nothing here. You're, you're being a dick to make what an extra hundred bucks at this show. <laughs> right. You're, you're pulling the, Oh, sorry. We have to play last now. Cause I had to work even though they were scheduled to play uh-huh. first or, you know, your band always opens every show that you're, that you're involved with at that club, because if it's a good band that's coming through, you're going to make sure your band yeah. plays it, you know, that kind of shit. And we all, we, I'm so sick mm-hmm. of that shit. And those bands, and, and those guys, those guys come along and they disappear. And then guess what? When they're done, they leave this hole right. in the middle of the scene because it was all about them and they didn't build yeah. anything. Right. Right. And, you know, and I, I've been at this for fucking 30 years. It's like, you can't, you can't right. do that unless you just want to stop playing by the time you're 32. I'm oh, fine. That's all you just want to, want to go run out for five mm-hmm. years, burn it out and be done. Yeah. Okay, fine. But we all know who you yeah, are. Yeah, that might be their plan too. You know, if they're not that ambitious anyway, you know, know some people. Yeah. Maybe that's all they had yeah. in mind. Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to graduate college. I'm well, they probably get, didn't have anything in mind. They just college, I'm going to get a real job. I'm fucking out of here. So, yeah, I just want to do this to get laid for a couple of yeah. years. And then, yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> You know, and who cares? We screw a long way. Oh, but hey, well, we did. Uh, we have to tell the story about that in the hotel. Uh, so this was the best. This was the best thing I think I've ever heard in 30 some years of playing music. So we after the Hayes show and it was kind of a screw up, screwy deal with the way the show ended in the last band. We had to go to a house basement to finish the last band set because of the oh, club owner wanted us to all be out of there. insane. So we, 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 and they, and they played like four songs before the cops showed up. And, and so we, it all turns out they're like the place we were going to have, we, we thought we had to stay. The guy's like, yeah, well, um, which way are you going? And I said, well, we're going to Manhattan. And he's like, well, great. That's on the way where I live. And I'm like, wait a minute, you don't live in Hayes? He's like, no, I live in Russell. And I'm like, how far is that? He's like 30 miles. And I'm like, oh, dude, we are not driving to Russell at yeah. one in the morning. I just got done. I just slammed a beer, had a couple of bottles, a little airplane whiskey we found in the van. I'm, yeah, I'm ready to party. So we decided just to go get a hotel. So we get a hotel. We'd never gotten a hotel before. So it was, it was kind of nice, actually. And we, next morning, I'm up and I'm down the breakfast thing, uh, you know, and, and Des, our guitar player, is down there. And this little old lady comes in and she's kind of ch- chatting us up mm-hmm. about how nice the place is. And, and it comes up that we're in a band or whatever. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. That's nice. And then, you know, have a good time. And she leaves. And the guy who's working the desk that morning, he pops in and he goes, Are you guys in a band? And I'm like, Yeah. He goes, What did you play last night? I go, some chucks and he goes oh i was there man you guys were awesome <laughs> so we're like oh hey well thanks so he says hey did you, did you guys have record you guys have records right i wanted to buy one but I, I didn't have any money last night and i'm like yeah i got you i got we'll get you a record he's oh thanks man he goes so that's at that point i'm like this is this is awesome coincidence man let's sell another record this is great and then he goes man you guys were awesome you were so much fun because you <laughs> i went home with a girl last night <laughs> and i'm like yeah. our work is done We've done what we came to do. We got some kid laid in Hayes, Kansas. So that's fucking awesome. Might have even made a little baby. It works for somebody. Um, You're doing the Lord's work. (laughs) 
<laughs> Come back in a few years, see if there's a baby cake. Sure. My... <laughs> <laughs> well, might be. Oh. Might be. Oh man. So, um, you guys got some more shows coming coming up too? And... Oh, what are we doing? We're doing the we're doing the Joe Strummer thing, right? Yeah, we're doing oh, a cool. class tribute um, up at Record Bar for. Um, Oh, right on. Midwest oh. Music Foundation. Okay. December 13th. And, um, yeah, that's uh, that's always fun because then we're always rushing to learn a bunch of Clash songs and arguing <laughs> yeah. over which ones yeah. we should and shouldn't do. And, you know, again, I mean, they do good work and it's we're about that and it's we get to play Clash oh, at yeah. the record bar. So, I mean. That's a nice little venue. Yeah. yeah. I like it there. Yeah. Oh, it's that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. We're going Steve's got there. a great place up there, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to a couple of shows there here in the near future. Let go see uh yep. Haha Tonka and uh Pig Face. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, Pig Face on cool. Thanksgiving night. I think I'm gonna go to we're that. We're wondering about that. We're we're going, we're gonna be there, so it's like we wanna, like how many people are showing up? Let's meet up. Okay. Man. Yeah, we need still need to get our tickets. We had yeah. Martin Atkins on mm-hmm. yeah. what in June? Yeah, yeah. Oh, in really? June. On my birthday. It was June twenty third. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. oh cool. Yep. And it's a, a pretty good episode. It's a good time. I think I was nervous as fuck. I've always been a big pig face, like ministry fan, pill fan, you know, everything he's done. I've actually met him a couple of times, but just still get nervous talking to him. He's an intimidating cat. <laughs> he really is. He's just been in the business so long, you know, and just like all aspects of it. And, hmm. you know, when the guy played with Johnny Rotten, it's like, oh. yeah, no, it should be pretty cool. I figure it'll be a yeah. good spectacle. A lot of people are coming back on the tour, too. I can't figure out the flyer. It says, yeah. The flyer lists like forty people, and I'm yeah, like, man, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen them on stage. You can't tell. I've seen them on stage towards the end of the night. Yeah, you can't tell because like some are doing some shows. Well, some are doing some shows at certain venues throughout the country, and then some are coming on the tour. Like uh, Leslie uh, Rankin from Ruby, she's going to be doing a Ruby set for like a couple of shows, and then but she's coming along for the rest of the tour. But I've seen the end of that night where there's like. Yeah, there's possibly 25 people up there beating on something <laughs> by the time they're, you know, by the time they're wrapping it up and, you know, wow. everybody's getting okay. wasted and <laughs> playing a lot of noise at that point. But it's fun. It's always a good time. Uh, but, yeah, it's been like 14 years since their last show. So I was checking out the rehearsal shit, though. They still got it. I mean, yeah, I saw some stuff with Chris Connolly singing on it. It's really good. Well, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to meet up. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, do you guys need to wrap it up or something? You need to get going pretty soon or? How we doing on time? I kind of do. I I got yeah. I got some uh, visitors here right now. I'm thinking how? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's part of the deal, man. I mean, you got to yeah, have absolutely. A good, you know. Oh, and we're, and we're real appreciative, you guys, doing the time too. Just taking the time on a Sunday and, and everything. Yeah, super appreciative. Oh no, man, no. It's uh, it's very cool. It's very cool what you guys are doing, and we're always looking out for stuff like this because it just adds to it. Kind of bridges the gap you know, between people that do a lot of streaming stuff and you know, it, it's really kind of, you guys kind of, you get access to some people that it's hard to get access to. So yeah, yeah we're definitely down with it. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. I mean, it's, this is, like I said, that this promotion yeah. part is the part that we're not good at as a band. Really. <laughs> so we're it's still like, figuring it out. Yeah. You know, like, I, like trying to find people like, Oh, how do we get a story written about us? How do we get somebody to know that we exist? So this is yeah. this is excellent. This, this is the kind of thing we need. So we really appreciate well, it. Right on. We're big fans. That's for sure. But yeah, guys, let's hook up around Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll see, see if you can catch up that show. Or I'm going to be around yeah. town for a couple days around then anyway. We're, yeah. we're, we're spending the Thanksgiving Yay. together, Matt and I, and our families. Yay. 
<laughs> cool. Well, I hope you guys like to drink. Oh, so, I, don't I don't drink anymore. <laughs> I don't drink any less either. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure, guys. Andrew and Sean, Black Sight Records. Check out their shit for sure. Um, great, great bands on there. Thank you, man.